Today is July 22nd, Season 3, Episode 23, Decky Gaynor. How are we? We're doing great, Andy Rainforest. This is going to be, this is a phenomenal episode today with uh, Steven Schussler. You know, this is Episode 23, this is kind of our Michael Jordan episode. This man is uh, the Michael Jordan of creating these insane, exotic restaurants all over the world he's got hold go in steve goes into the a majority of the different restaurants he has but the first one that he's most well known for that he sold almost two decades ago was rainforest cafe hearing how he goes about his creative process was one of the most unique things ever i've never experienced an interaction where he, i mean just his stories of how he came up with each idea is beautiful and uh we we ended up having to reschedule this from a 6 p.m. to an 8.30, and it was kind of a whirlwind of everything, and you'll be able to experience just that, which I think is an awesome part of this podcast. Not only to mention the office, his office, Shustler Creative in Golden Valley, Minnesota, by far the craziest, coolest office of all time. So so super thankful and happy that we were able to get that done. So enjoy. Hey, Deck. I got to be real with you. You got some of the worst apparel in the game out there. I would love to see you customize some shirts that just say, I have bad style. Mmm, decky bad style. Let's make those shirts. The shock value would be insane. However, turnaround time and quality, it needs to be there. That's a great point. I mean, we could launch this tomorrow with our own goddamn sponsor. Oh, I didn't even think of that. Well, well, actually, I did because I wrote this ad, dude. But that's besides the point. And with that being said, be on the lookout for some decky bad style shirts and other custom apparel from the BP. But also, if you're like, man, I need to find someone to make great custom apparel for me, look no further. Hit us up at backpocket at visionarymfg.com. That's B-A-C-K-P-O-C-K-E-T at visionarymfg.com. Steve Schussler, welcome to the Back Pocket Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. You're very welcome. Thanks for having me. So this is an experience. This whole thing, this whole office, I just wanted to describe for the interns right now. We are here, sitting here at 8.30 p.m. Central Time, Steve Schussler's office, and this place is decked to the nines with more things that I can describe. We're interviewing you in your office with three monitors. Absolute power move right there. Um, not to mention... Not to mention the the photos that tell the story of the, your own experiences and the things you're doing, man. This is amazing. Yeah, well, we have a lot of great people that live in this state and that have visited our laboratories. I call our offices laboratories. Yeah. And uh, they're actually uh, warehouses. But when, when uh, everything is turned on and you see it all, uh, most people ask for an aspirin after they walk in the front door. <laughs> And then when they leave, they ask for an aspirin when they leave, too. I, w- I was thinking more of, like, dark sunglasses, because when you walk in, it's vibrant. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But outside, as I told you, it kind of looks like a tool and die shop, uh, purposely. So you're not building a, a monument to yourself. Absolutely. We've got a great team of people. The, shock, awesome. the shock and awe is there. Shock and awe. Mm-hmm. Yep, you bet. So let's let's start um with this i mean you found you were the founder of rainforest cafe yeah and like i said you sold it almost two decades ago now yeah and 
you know, just to, just to give a little background for our listeners, you know, like how and just knowing who you are with bringing your ideas to life. I think that is a great impetus of what you've been doing your whole life. That's right. Um, let's kind of start young and see where this thing goes in terms of your story, how you grew up, how you grew to this passion, how you how you started everything you did, man. Uh, where do I start? Uh, where were you born? Like, where are you from? I'm originally from New York City. Okay. I uh, left New York when I was 18 and uh, went to Miami and got a job uh, working in broadcasting. Nice. And uh, I guess the, the first story in my book, it's a jungle in there, which the uh, second edition comes out next month, uh, talks about uh, uh, my Superman story where I had myself uh, uh, crated and delivered to the general manager of a radio station in Miami uh, after interviewing for six months for a job. I was working for uh, Southern Bell Telephone Company, climbing telephone poles. And when the when other people would come down the poles and eat their bagged lunch, I would climb up the poles and interfere on some people's phone lines and interview for jobs. And then I'd come down at the end of the day, go home and get dressed in a suit and go for my interviews. And after five or six months, I decided, you know, this is insanity. It's um, the, one of the most dangerous jobs you can do is climbing those telephone poles. Oh, I, I fell down a couple of times and had those, uh, uh, I forgot what they, clear saw, I think. Uh, it, it's, it's inside the wood. It got in my chest, and I went like this all the way down the, the, the pole. Oh. Um, uh, so it's Jeez. been, a, it's been a, a great experience to go through all the things we went through. But anyway, I had myself delivered in a crate in a Superman costume with a Diet Coke and a salami sandwich by two off-duty uh, Miami-Dade police officers in a paddy wagon. I paid them $100 each, and uh, by the time we got to the radio station that uh, uh, they were unaware I was coming, I lost about 18 pounds in sweat. I forgot to put holes in the crate, so I was praying to God that uh, I wasn't going to die in the crate. Bottom line is, uh, uh, two hours later, the general manager of the radio station came back from a board meeting and brought all of his board members inside uh, to see what this expensive crate from Mexico was with two police officers watching it. And as he opened up the crate, I, I thought I was going to die. I came flying out with my last breath and said, uh, Hello, everybody. My name is Steve Schusser. I am your new super salesman. And pieces of the salami sandwich which spoiled. It stunk. They were thrown all over the place. The Diet Coke hit some guy in the head. And they said, Son, sit down. And I uh, sat down in a leather chair. And they said, You're the sickest person we've ever met. You're hired. And that was my first job in broadcasting. And that's the first, the first story in the book. It's jungle in there. And it's a great story. It's a, it's a true story. Um, sometimes you need to go a little bit overboard in order to be heard. Just a and, little bit. And just a little bit and, and seen. I don't know that I would necessarily do that again today. I mean, I rented this Superman costume, which was really cool. I think there's <laughs> a, a picture of me somewhere on the wall in this Superman costume. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome. That is uh, sweet. And, uh, but I, I got the job. You know, could have went either way. Could have been arrested. Uh, my roommate at the time, his name was Brian Stone, he gave me $50 in bail money because he said, there's no way you're not going to get arrested by doing this. So the cops like were like, yeah, we'll box you up. Well, no problem. I, got the, I gave them $100 a piece each. And back in 1974, 1975, that was a lot of money. Okay. And for, you know, 
policemen that were off duty. It was pretty cool. Oh, okay. And I okay. knew th- and I knew them, so hey. Mm-hmm. Sweet. So why not? Savvy. Savvy. So yeah, how absolutely. long were you in uh, radio for? Or broadcast? Uh, I was in broadcast for about 12 years. Nice. Were you a voice? Uh, no, no. I, I sold time. Okay. I sold time. Intangibles is a hard thing to sell. and uh, But it was a lot of fun. I met a lot of interesting people, and it taught me a lot of life lessons. Mm. You know, when you're when you're writing commercials and you're you're in the media business, it, it's a whole different world. Oh yeah, yeah. Which you know, that's the business you guys are in. We are now. We we kind of stumbled into it, to yeah. be honest. We started this two and a half years ago, um, just wanting to do podcasting. It was this new thing. Uh, we had both listened to podcasts in our cubicles. And it, uh, we were both in interns. Uh, he was in Chicago. I was in Denver. That's where we're both from, and. Uh, we had this affinity with each other, not only there, but on the football field at St. Thomas. Nice. We came together, mm-hmm. started this thing, and it was nothing, to be honest. Like, we were just showing up every week to record. We wanted to quit after six weeks, and then we started interviewing our friends, then professors, then president of St. Thomas. Then we get, you know, all these different people from social media and all around the, the, or around the country, honestly. And then we kind of started to dedicate more in the Twin Cities. And now look at us. You know, I did that for Minnesota Business Magazine. I donated my time, and I interviewed some of the most amazing people mm. and made the front of their magazine three or four times in writing, and I became uh, and I did the same thing you guys did. It became a, a, a love. I just wanted yeah. to give back. Yeah. I didn't care about the money. There was none. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it, it was free, but the idea as an entrepreneur to give back, you know, was really cool. It's one of the coolest things having a conversation and just hearing another person's story, and then having the ability to put that out to the public. And well, it's fun to share. Yes, you know? and you got to share. I, I like to share uh, a lot about my failures. Nice. Uh, a lot of people don't uh, share their failures; they, they just talk about their successes. But I, I believe that you need to fail uh, in order to succeed. Mm-hmm. And those who've never experienced failure or how to come back or get up after falling off a horse or a bike, really haven't experienced what life's truly about. What's your What's your favorite failure? My favorite failure? Oh, wow. There, there, there's a lot of them. Um, I've lost a lot of money in, in, in being an entrepreneur. Every concept I create takes five years. So Rainforest Cafe took five years. I built it in my home, my neighbor's all uh, got walkie-talkies. They hired a psychiatrist who would call me every Friday and offer me a free appointment because they heard I was painting my walls and ceilings black in preparation for my greenery treatment in order to make a tropical rainforest. I needed to make a canopy for a tropical rainforest. And um, when they heard I was painting my ceilings and walls black, uh, they thought that I was into black magic and I was going to eat their children. That's, they, a, they that's thought, a bit of a jump. They thought, I, well, it was a jump. But who paints their ceilings and walls black, you know? Not a lot of people. So, not a lot of people. So I, I got a lot of criticisms. There, there was many times when I created Rainforest Cafe where I'd look in the mirror and cry. You know, really? Literally cry and say, mirror, mirror on the wall, you know, uh, who's a nut of all? Mm. <laughs> and I won. <laughs> and I, then I'd laugh and get back up on the bike the next day and keep going. Mm. There's a lot of no's before yes. I, one of the chapters in my book is no is yes waiting to happen. Mm. And it's a really important philosophy to have. You can't be afraid to lose. 
Amen to that. And is the five-year plan to like start these new projects, is that on purpose or does that just seem just, it no, always takes five years? It, it takes that long Okay. Yeah, from development. And I can't develop something I don't like. So mm-hmm. there just seems to be an infinity for uh, wh- what we create is, is what I fall in love with and what I like to bring to the public. It's what I think uh, will work based on uh, uh, a lot of research, okay. yeah. which people don't know we do, and a lot of gut. Mm. We're branding experts. As a matter of fact, we have trademarked the world's premier branding experts, like Rainforest Cafe, a wild place to shop and eat. Um, T-Rex, a place to eat, shop, explore, and discover. So we create not only the concept and the taglines, but we breathe life into what we create. And I live and breathe it. Um, When I created Rainforest Cafe, um, it it was because of my love for my parrots. Mm. I have live tropical parrots. And at one time had 35 living in St. Louis Park in my home. You're kidding. As part of the research for my concept. And Part of the research. What was the what was the idea behind the research? Well, not only uh, you know uh, recycling uh, uh, the uh, the vanishing rainforests. I mean, there were so many different parts of the research for uh, having tropical birds. Uh, most people uh, aren't allowed to have tropical birds adjacent to food because the of the dander. Uh, that's created by the, the the tropical birds, and it can get in the food. But we created an HVAC system that took the spurs of the birds out of the air, and I was the only one in the world that was allowed to have tropical birds adjacent to food. Now I built 45 rainforest cafes in seven years in three continents, and I had birds in every single place, without having glass walls and separations and. So we, we've done a lot of breakthrough things that you wouldn't believe um, that are really cool. And the whole idea behind having tropical birds was to be able to have an outreach educational program. So you're interacting with kids and you're educating them. I like having a concept that's food and beverage, that's retail, and it also entertains and educates. Love that. Is that phone? Yeah, that's. Uh, can I? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah no go worries. for it. I apologize. Oh, good. Oh, he's you got a flip, flip phone. phone. Yo, I have everything. I have both. Okay. And I like to think that I'm uh, get smart, and yep. then the other one is to be up to date with today. You, I love it. Look at that. Sorry about that, gentlemen. Oh, no worries, no worries. We just fell in the time. Yeah, we're um, just filling the time with a little bit of conversation. Yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> we we talk off the cuff. I love it. It's 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 smooth. It's casual. Um, and one thing that I really want to touch on, you mentioned this right off the bat. You can only commit to things that are things that you love, things that you want to be a part of. So I'm well, curious about before Rainforest Cafe, when you were trying to work through something that wasn't Rainforest Cafe. Maybe it was during broadcasting. Maybe it was the, in between those two things. Was there something that you uh, that may came that might have come to a failure, uh, but you were you loved it so much you had to, you wanted to work through it type thing? Well, you know, I, I I wanted to be an entrepreneur. When I created Jukebox Saturday Night, a, a, a loving place that had antique jukeboxes, slot machines, carousel horses. It was a retail store, and I left broadcasting to get to be an entrepreneur. And after uh, you know, uh, 
uh, five years of having a retail store uh, in Chicago that had uh, Pellucci and so many other people come in and were amazed by the decor and everything. It, 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 it failed. And, and I wound up living uh, above one of my creations was Jukebox Saturday Night, the nightclub. Uh, which was created out of Jukebox Saturday Night, the retail store. I, 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 it, I felt, I've always felt like I could create something better than what I've seen. Mm. Um, whether it be uh, Green Acres Event Center in Eden Prairie, which was a broken-down bar, barn that was going to be uh, uh, obliterated, uh, and we saved it and restored it, and now it's a... A, an event center that's praised by the community and and uh, the city fathers. So we like taking things that that are uh, old, uh, different, restoring them, bringing them to a new life. Um, Rainforest Cafe for me was a natural because uh, talking about recycling and preserving the planet and uh, uh, taking care of these these. Uh, hand-fed, uh, uh, domestically bred birds was really important to me. Yeah. Rather than uh, importing uh, birds illegally and doing things like that. So the education part was, was a big part. I spent uh, uh, hundreds of hours in libraries learning. When I created T-Rex Cafe, uh, uh, I did the same thing with uh, paleontologists. I learned that uh, up until 10 years ago, uh, all the books you and I read growing up about dinosaurs, they were green and brown and black, and they were monsters. Well, di- they found that dinosaurs, that especially T-Rex, had feathers. And when they realized that T-Rex actually had feathers, they gave permission for books to be rewritten. And now you could paint T-Rex with colors. It could huh. be red and blue and yellow, and it could have stripes, and it could have all kinds of shapes, and and it could never have that before. They never had real uh, skeletons uh, of dinosaurs with, with, with skin. So you never knew what the colors were. It was always a guessing game. And now the, that they found that uh, uh, after billions of years that, uh, that uh, dinosaurs could have color, it's, it's given new life to paleontology. There'll be new huh. books written. Uh, well, your kids one day, uh, they won't be monsters. They'll be cute. So it's kind of fun. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. And it, that's another one of our philosophies is research and development never ends. Yeah. And if it did, we would know that dinosaurs had, uh, that T-Rex had feathers and, and uh, quite frankly, that it had colors. So it's go. pretty cool. Always mm-hmm. be learning. Yeah, you bet. And on top of that, I wanted to know, you know, you talked about a couple different stages of Rainforest Cafe. Where did the original idea come to you? Well, uh, if you take a look at this, it's a, a wild place to shop. This was a store in Boston called, um, what is, you know, it would be a good idea if I put my glasses on. It's, one of, it's a guy thing. We don't like putting it on. Um, I'm right there with you. No, I, I hate it. Uh, City Zoo was the name of it. And I came across this logo. And the birds, having tropical birds and living with them, I decided that I wanted those, the beautiful plumage of the birds and, and the, 
the plight of the tropical rainforests and uh, recycling. It was, was just becoming in vogue. And all those things together uh, mm. made me believe that Rainforest Cafe would be a success for a minimum of 25 years. And it's 23 years old. And it's still vibrant, still working well um, with uh, Landry's That's restaurants. Right. And uh, they're doing fantastic with it, still opening up new ones. So I'm, I'm real proud that uh, it has stood the, 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 test, of the time. test of time. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's awesome, man. That is so cool how you like took a couple different bits of inspiration in terms of problems or things that you enjoyed, and you put them together. Well, and it was I had a savior, uh, Lyle Berman, who created uh, uh, not not only the world poker, um, but he he also created uh, uh, the casino business for Indians. Uh, Grand Casino in Hinkley, Minnesota. Oh. Uh, it was created by Lyle Berman. And uh, another funny story in the book, uh, it's a jungle in there. Uh, my father was w- watching the World Championship of Poker in Las Vegas, and Lyle Berman was playing for, I think, his seventh time in the World Championship. And the announcer said, uh, Ladies and gentlemen from Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, please give a hand to three time world champion. Mr. Lyle Berman, and he stands up and he was going to the restroom. So he left, I think it was $300,000 in chips in front of him while he went to the restroom. And you know how they had these crowd control stanchions, you know, to keep the crowds back? Mm-hmm. My father snuck underneath it, sat in his chair until he came back. And when he came back, Lyle said to my father, Are you nuts? I'm playing for the world championship. You're sitting in my chair. You better get up before I call the police. And my father took out a $50 bill and gave it to Lyle and said, hey, hey, listen, you really need to see my son. He's got this concept he created called Rainforest Cafe that would be just perfect for your casinos. Well, my father and I hadn't talked for a couple of years. He didn't know anything about Rainforest Cafe, but it just came to him as he was watching the World Championship of Poker, and he heard Minneapolis, Minnesota. So Lyle said, get out of my seat. Here's my card. Tell your son to give me a call and set up an appointment. And that, he became my financer through thick and thin, through 28 visits over four years to my home and bringing investors, including, uh, uh, you know, uh, Famous Dave Anderson. Yeah, wait, I want to know that story. So how did you meet Famous Dave? Uh, he, he, was, he, he, he basically brought Grand Casino's idea to Lyle Berman. Oh. And Lyle Berman financed uh, the, the idea. With it being on a, a Native American on Native American land and it being right, right. associated, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That is super cool, man. Yeah, so there's a lot of tie-ins. Uh, yeah, there, there, there's a lot of stories, a lot of sweat, a lot of tears, um, and you know a lot of failures along the way. Yeah. So uh, f- for anybody that's out there that wants to be an entrepreneur, you know, uh, it, it's uh, my experience will tell you that uh, uh, don't give up when you fail. Yeah. So was, and correct me if I'm wrong, is, is, was entrepreneur a word back then? Oh, just, sure. Just a question. I like I didn't. Oh, yeah. There, there's passion. When you leave, look at the three posters that are on the wall above the doors back there. Okay. And it will tell you what we believe in. It will tell you what, 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 what our company yeah. philosophy is. And, and um, you know, uh, for some reason, failure has made us stronger. Yeah. And, and more determined than ever to, to be successful. And, uh, 
we're pretty proud that we have five restaurants at Walt Disney World. I mean, coming from Minneapolis, Minnesota, not from California, Chicago, New York, but right here from Minneapolis, Minnesota, where our laboratories are, we created five of the world's greatest, greatest restaurants, retail stores, and attractions. And uh, uh, to brand them from here in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and become uh, you know uh, recognized around the world for those successes, I can't tell you how proud I am of our team. Yeah, that's awesome. And I can't do it by myself. So you know, although I wrote this best-selling book, uh, I could not have accomplished all the successes we have mm-hmm. uh, without a team. It's pretty remarkable. Absolutely. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. You talked about the little things. Yes. Before off air and. We're talking big, man. We're talking five different restaurants that are a part of Disney, one of the biggest corporations in America, yes. in the world. It's unbelievable. What are some of those little things that got you there? What are those, some of those little things along the way that helped create this reality? I like to talk about my business cards. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we, we've, uh, you know, it's a little thing, but it's still uh, something that people give as a recognition of who they are. And, you know, most people collect them and they sit on your desk in a rubber band and they're white and they're plain and there's not a lot of one's gold and one's red and one's blue. But none of them are die cut. And my die cut business cards have become world famous. Um, what do you think about this business card, by pretty, the way? Pretty bland and boring. We, we need one that's like die cut, that's a back pocket. I, I, I love it. I love it. Oh, you love it? Yeah, well, back pocket may, may, may be, well, what, you know, you, you could do a die cut business card as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, do you have any ideas on how we can improve our business card? Well, what, tell me what back pocket means. Uh, the back pocket tagline is ordinary people, extraordinary passion. And everyone has things in their back pocket. That makes them want to drive to those passions and, and overcome all those ordinary failures. Ordinary people, mm-hmm. extraordinary passions. Passions. Well, I like to say passion. Uh, um, passion is one of the most important parts of success. So I like to say passion plus ambition. Passion plus ambition yields success. Mm. It pays. P-A-Y-S. Mm. Passion plus ambition yields success. It, it pays. P-A-Y-S. Pays. Oh, yeah. I love it. Mm-hmm. Even, I, I actually do like Because a lot of people have passion, but they have no ambition. And there's a lot of people that have a lot of ambition, but the passion for what they're doing is just not there. Yeah. And you've got to have both. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So the business cards are one thing that you focus on for True and true, and true. You said you were like an international winner of yeah, we're, being we're, judged we're, on. We're, we're featured in Inc. Magazine, uh, the Detroit News. My card is featured next to Lee Iacocca's card. That got me to be able to call Lee Iacocca, share with him the newspaper article that ran in the Detroit News, yeah. and he was one of the major endorsers of my book. That's awesome. By the way, so was Donald Trump. Really? Yeah. So what do you think? It's, it's, you, what do you think about that? It's guy? a wide variety. Well, uh, you, you don't know. have to go. You don't have to give him because you actually know him personally, though, right? Yeah, I, I, I think he, he, it, it would be nice for America if he was more presidential. Mm. That, that'd be my only comment. <laughs> um, but yeah, we don't really but, talk politics. On no, this no, no. 
But but I, I think you could do a number with your business card. All right. I, absolutely. I think we can make that work. Because I really do appreciate the, that you do focus on these little things, right? Because you've accomplished, like Declan said, you have these big accomplishments and everything. But one of the first things that you mentioned to us is, I love to focus on the little things. Check out these business cards. Yeah, well, and that's one of the coolest I, I'm things. known as a light bulb, the light bulb king. I walk into a place and I could smell a light bulb out. And, and I don't like it. You know, Bill Marriott Jr. says when he walks in one of his hotels, if he looks up in a chandelier and he just got there, and unless that light bulb went out five minutes ago, if there's one or two or three light bulbs out, he automatically books himself for another two or three days because what else is wrong? That's the philosophy. I hey. love it. Excuse me. All right, we're pausing here. All right, so we're back. Cool. Um, this is an amphicar, by the way. Oh, we got we got we got told we need to ask you about them. Yeah, you're yeah. So what are they? The amphibian cars? It, yeah, yeah. They go on land and in water. No way. Yeah, yeah, they're really cool. They were made from 1962 to 1967. There was like 3,200 of them made, uh, and uh, we have, we have uh, about 30 of them. You There's have only 30 300, car. 300 left. Yeah. Whoa. It's pretty cool. So how does it work? Do the wheels, like, turn inwards and no, help that, float? No, that's, that's a new Amphicar that was just made last year okay. out, of, out of California where the wheels go in. Yeah. yeah. You want to come a little closer to the mic? Oh, yeah. There, there you go. Yeah. yeah. No. So what, how, what's the design behind this one? Uh, it, well, it was made in Germany. Okay. And uh, uh, we're, we're bringing it back to life. We put 1,400 new parts uh, in, in five and a half years of uh, – uh, research into these cars wow. and brought them to Disney and uh, uh, Disney finally said you know these are really cool uh, and we have a captain so we give you a guided tour uh, with a captain yeah who's very knowledgeable and so it's like a whole tour set up around oh, the yeah. entire wow. yeah that's pretty cool you're just delivering experiences on all fronts we like to deliver an experience yeah so we call our restaurants you know they're no longer just restaurants and retail stores we call them attractions that happen to have a restaurant and a retail store. Mm. We have three, four, five-hour waiting lines. We do 6,000 people a day at my, uh, the boathouse yeah. uh, in Orlando. That, that's, not, that's not normal. Mm. So it, it's an attraction. Right. Yeah. That's super cool. Kind of cool. So um, I was about to say, oh, so you've mentioned Disney a ton of times. Yeah. How did you get involved with Disney? Well, when we created Rainforest Cafe, uh, you know, and we had four-hour waiting lines, at the Mall of America, I said, this, this is a no-brainer. This is apple pie, mom and dad, vanilla ice cream, hot dogs and mustard, you know, a good baseball game. This belongs at Disney. This belongs at Disney. And What gave you the confidence to, to make that jump, you know? Because you're, you're having success in the, in the place that, in Minneapolis at home, you're, you're, comf- you're almost well, That's what Lyle Berman told me. Lyle said, I'm sick, and then I'm going to. You know, they're, they're going to steal the concept, and that's going to be the end of that. And I said, nope, I'm going to have them sign a confidentiality agreement. They're going to love it. And, nice. uh, you know, I, I've never uh, swayed on the confidence I had in what we create. Never. It's pretty cool. We're in the middle of creating another one right now that I, I believe will be with Disney, mm-hmm. and it's regarding air travel. I can't say much more than that. Oh, man. I can tell you that. Any name? Can you name drop it? it? No, I can't. Okay. We like to break news, but if you can't. Okay. The breaking news is never, 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 ever, ever give up no matter what. Love it. That's basically the 
you know, the guiding light behind what we do. Yep, absolutely. You know. With all this, it really makes me curious on you as a child and like growing <laughs> up. Yeah. I'm really curious. I used to walk around with a coffee pot. Okay. My well, mother said it was my, my, I don't know. My mother said it was my favorite toy. So I, I got into pot. the restaurant business, strange as that might seem. Mm. My favorite. It, it's, it's around the corner. I think it's on your wall, right in front of you. The same yeah, coffee the, pot? It should be a coffee pot, yeah. That's confirmed. That, that's confirmed. That was me in a coffee pot. Really? That is and I've nuts. never had a cup of coffee in my life, by the way. What? Yeah. I, 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 if, listen, if I drank a, a cup of coffee, you'd, you'd be running around with a net to try to catch me. <laughs> I, I wake up with energy, man. It's get up and go. All right, so I want to tap into that a little bit. All right. When, where do you draw that fuel source? When you wake up? Inspiration. Uh, uh, the, the, the belief that, that, that uh, failure is not an option. Mm. And when you fail and when you've been down and out, when you have had no money, um, that, that's not a feeling that's, uh, that's very good. So uh, I want to make sure that never happens again. Mm. Uh, I'm married for the first time. Uh, I got married two years ago. I've never Congratulations. been married before. Thanks. Wow. So, you know, I've got that responsibility. And uh, I got a responsibility to those who follow us, those who have expectations of us, mm-hmm. including Disney, uh, not to fail. Mm-hmm. You know, every, every time we create something, you, 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 the expectation uh, uh, level goes way up for the next thing. You're only as good as uh, the last last creation that you've had yeah so we're we're, we're pretty excited uh, the energy level has just gotten uh, uh, the drum beats louder than ever mm. yeah Declan and I like to say we're we're looking for women that complete us yeah. would you say you're the, are you wife? completed are you completed yeah, yeah but it, it's not just women that t- to complete you mm. it's yeah. it's your friends uh, it's mm. it's your relatives it's your life experiences it's your failures that help complete you. I like that. You mentioned uh, expectation and how you know you've built a lot of things now that you have expectation to fulfill. The how was it transitioning going from building something where you had to prove it or not maybe convince someone or kind of with that chip on your shoulder to then having to fulfill an expectation. Every concept we create, I get we we get flack and we get people that are non-believers. I mean, when I created Rainforest, people thought I was nuts. When I created T-Rex, people would say, what are you going to do with dinosaurs that hasn't already been done in the modern museum of natural history? Who are you? You know, uh, and, and, and th- those challenges uh, r- really drive what we create. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the challenge to, to, to be uh, theatrical, the challenge to be able to share that passion with uh, your guests because your guests really are what makes you successful. And, you know, people think if you're theatrical and, and you create things that are really different that you can't possibly have fantastic food. And we've proved that not to be the case. Mm. People come once for the wow factor, but they come back for quality food and service. Right. You do. Mm-hmm. I have some really fun experiences with my family at uh, Rainforest Cafe. So I'm from the Chicago area. Oh, sure. And um, I can't remember what mall. 
we were at um, Woodfield Mall. That's correct. Woodfield Mall. Woodfield Mall in yes. Chicago. And Woodfield. Schomburg. I'm from Schomburg. Mount Prospect, so it's like oh, sure. 25 minutes away. And I've lived in Chicago for quite a long time. Yep. Worked in the Wrigley Building downtown, and so did my grandma. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, That's well, phenomenal. Me and your grandma have a lot in common. Though. <laughs> yeah, it's a beautiful building <laughs> because when you take that arch- the architecture tour throughout Chicago, I oh. mean, that's like their favorite thing to stop by. And you bet. Yeah, pretty it's incredible. Gorgeous. Yes, yeah. mm-hmm. that was super cool, man. So, I want to know, like, in terms of your, because you 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 always say you're only as good as your last creation. Have mm-hmm. you seen yourself like, you know, building something up and then kind of having to start that process over again every single time do you find yourself being more fine-tuned at it like learning from like the last failure and kind of building off it and then over time you're now building this new one and like that's going to be like you're confident you're ready to build the next best thing every time is that kind of how your creative process how does your creative process work i guess is my question it's different every time uh the the consistent part is not giving up Mm -hmm. and letting our creative juices go i mean we like to create but we create differently a lot of people create on paper or they do architectural diagrams we do full-scale live models so we 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 buy real props we buy real things we spend big money to create what we create Mm -hmm. because we 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 want you to be in the experience we want uh people we show it to to be encapsulated by it um we want them we involve every one of the five senses Mm. in everything that we create touch taste smell hearing i mean it's it's all a very important part of what we do how's the uh the revision process of building these these magnificent restaurants like going through it like do you have a blueprint or is it like all right this is what we're going to go with and then we're just going to work on the fly from oh, there no you you work on the fly until you put it on paper yeah and, uh, and then you fine tune it and fine tune it and fine tune it you, even while you're building you, you you see things that you couldn't see on paper yeah. and, and you fine tune it along the way you have to be willing to do that a lot of people aren't willing to be able to do that you got to be able to make change that you feel is the right thing to do for your guests despite the fact that you might be over budget. Oh, that's, a, you know, budget is a dirty word to most investors and to CFOs and, you know, people in, in finance. But for me, I believe you have to give the guests the best experience you can. And that if, if it means breaking uh, the budget to deliver a better product, uh, I think it's worth it. Love that. The, uh, I want to know more so, like, kind of going off what Andrew was saying, you know, like at physically building these creations, you know, how has those process gone? Because you're talking about putting live birds. You mentioned the HVAC system, these unique, never before built type experiences that you're making. Like, who have you worked with? How does it work? Like, what's this whole process like? Is it I mean, it sounds insane. It's insane. Well, it's relationship building. Yeah. It's making certain that the health department and the building department and the mayors that they understand what you're trying to accomplish. Yeah. And usually you hit a funny bone when you talk about family. So family's a buzzword. It's really important. We create family concepts. Yeah. So our demographic profile is from 3 to 103. We don't have women 19 to 49. You know, we 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 have three people 
families from three to 103, and that really helps define what I create, yeah. uh, what we create. We like the family. We believe that kids rule, and we believe that the children tell their parents where they want to eat. Mm. So you, you, re- you really need to develop something that children like. And when they have children, they're going to take them back, which is what's happened with Rainforest Cafe and T-Rex and what wow. we create, they come back for years and years and years, and we've proved that now by being open 23, 24 years. 23, 24, and then how, so with like T-Rex and all those other ones, how long have those been up? up uh, T-Rex before? is seven, eight years. Okay, okay. so you sell in t- in 2000, the break of the millennia, did, were you scared about like Y2K and stuff, and you got cold feet and sold Rainforest no, right No, Rainforest ca- Cafe, you know, the the, uh, the the executives at Rainforest Cafe that worked with me, they, everybody had different ideas that everybody was going in different directions. It was just, it was it was the right time. Mm. Uh, the concept, uh, uh, the, the, it, 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 was, it was public and the, the share prices were going down. Mm. Uh, and uh, rather than stick it out or go private, uh, we thought the best thing to do at that time was to let somebody that was that were better operators than us take it to the next level. And you can't be afraid to say that there are people that are better than you. I like to surround myself with people that are better than me. It, mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, it's not a, a put down. It, it, I'm not afraid to say that I have people that I work with that are better than me in a lot of areas. Um, we all bring different talents to the table. And when you embrace everybody else's talents and you'll learn that you're not the best there is uh, you deliver a better product and you become a better person it's a humility aspect huge huge ty uh, do you have a question i'm curious so these guys just interviewed a guy by the name of jonas Tillman, and he deals a lot with people or researching generation x so the generation it's my gen z actually yeah so the the youngins and he talked about how they like to trade in experiences more than they like to buy in things. Have you had to take that generation or do you even take generational differences into account when you're scheming up some of these you know, restaurants that you, no. that you have? No, but entitlement becomes an issue with young people today. You know, they, they, they don't want to work the way we work when we grew up or the way you guys are working. It's not the same. Uh, there's an entitlement issue, and I think that's a problem. With a lot of young people, there's a shortage of electricians. There's a shortage of carpenters. There's a shortage of a lot of good labor yeah. uh, right now in in almost every field. So uh, I I hope and I pray that the trades, as well as other areas, uh, get a resurgence. Uh, and uh, you know I think. Uh, uh, our our parents uh, growing up have given us so much that they didn't have that I think it's affected a little bit today's generation. So sure. why, why do you think that is in terms of not having those like electricians, those those core trades, because they are important. They're building the economy. You the think economy about, is so strong okay. that they all have jobs. Other, you, but you mean, I mean, and, and there's a shortage of them. Okay, you know, people were getting into electricians and carpentry, and there's other jobs. So, you know, uh, the millennials are getting into computers and, and social media, and 
And so there was a switch. And podcasting. And, and podcasting. You bet. Heaven forbid. <laughs> <laughs> Which is nuts. I, it it kind of blows my mind because I think I always, I try and attribute it to like a lot of the technology and how that has become such an enabler of um, society. I mean, you're, you're looking at like, let's take video games for an example. Like video games started as Pong and then grew to PlayStation. And now we're talking about uh, connecting everybody online through the internet with video games. And then now we have people on social media who are streaming their video games and then people commentating on the video games. People are going and competing for millions of dollars with video games. And there are whole cultures from one video game like Fortnite. I don't know if you've ever heard that game, but Mm-mm. that is a game that has taken over all of Gen Z and it's completely free. <laughs> and I, that's a, that is just something that is built from so something so small and then in you know probably 25 years I would say 25 30 years it's grown into something so different so now you're telling me and now we're, you're looking at a, a society today where you had something that started out as something so simple that has grown into an industry that has industries within industries that is creating all these different jobs opportunities inspiring new kids to want to become video game players to want to become youtubers want to become all these other things and so that's kind of why i'm thinking is people don't see being an electrician as much valuable as they see being you know a movie star or something else Meanwhile, there's a big need for them. Meanwhile, but I think it's going to turn around at some point. Uh, it, it, it has to because there's a need. Should we jump into the uh, let's let's hit them up with the, the, the core back, questions, the back pocket sure. core questions. So we gave you a little preemptive uh, uh, lead into what these questions are. So the first one is, what is your average quality? And this is something you do well at times, mm-hmm. at other times not so well. At the end of the day, it's your average quality. So Steve, what is your average quality? Well, I don't think we have an average quality. I, I think that everything we try to do, we try to do you know, on a scale of 1 to 10, 12. And then we look at everything like that, everything. Um, and, 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 um, and, and then we reevaluate what we do and we try to improve upon it. So uh, there's no medium. Okay, but how about you personally? Is there something out there that right now that you – you uh, you're trying to get better at. You realize you're like, oh man, I, I, you know, I'm not the best at this, but every day I'm trying to get a little bit better. Uh, I'm not great at surfing. Okay. 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 Uh, <laughs> have, have, have you been surfing? Uh, I've tried it. Where have you been surfing? Uh, uh, well, and, and now I'm going to start uh, surfing behind, you know, the wave surfing that that, that that's happening. I'm going to start trying that. Like on the lakes. Yeah. Wake surfing. Mm-hmm. Do you have a boat? Yep. Nice. I have a boat. and uh, You said you lived on Minnetonka, right? Yeah, I uh, live in Minnetonka Beach. There you go. Yeah. So it gets better at Great wake community. surfing. Have you, you, you say you've never tried wake, wake surfing? Or? No, but I'm about to. Okay. I'm about to. So I, try, I like to try everything. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I have many different hobbies, many different sports. And, um, so your average quality surfing, I like that. Yeah. So, okay, so real quick, we're looking at this wall of just incredible people, stories, things. We, this is actually a core question that we're bringing back. And this is a story of a famous person that you've met or hung out with or had an awesome experience with. What would be one that you've had? Um, an experience that I had. Um, I think I interviewed someone from Minnesota Business Magazine that that was inspiring. 
Uh, he's uh, part owner of the Minnesota uh, Saints, the St. Paul Saints. Bill Murray. Bill Murray. Yeah. And uh took me six months to get a hold of him, and everyone said I'll never get an interview with him, and who are you, and blah, 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 like everything else I've been through. And um, I got a hold of him, and he called me back. We spent two hours together on the phone, and it made the the, the front cover story of Minnesota Business Magazine and uh, the interview I did with Bill Murray. And it was cool. When, when you interview somebody like that, you realize that they blow their nose just like you do. They, they, they have experiences just like all, all of us do. And it, it puts a normalcy in, in the star uh, and the glamour of, of, of Bill Murray. And you can be Bill Murray. And, and, it, and it, it makes everything normal. You're all on the same playing field. And yeah. I love that. That's really cool. Yeah. And that's what he preaches and tries to live by and make himself, you know, as personal, as relatable as possible. When you, when you get to experience time with Bill, he makes you the, the, the centerpiece. Yeah. And, and it took a, literally it took 50 phone calls, 50 messages from me to him. to 50? 50, wow. at least. Uh, it was very hard. So what was, like, the starting point in, like, just getting his contact information and then having to call Well, I realized I have a friend that's his cousin that lives here in town. Oh, no way. Uh, Bob McKay, who used to own uh, uh, the beach club in, in, uh, in Uptown. Okay. And, and uh, so it's, it's uh, part of our philosoph- philosophy of being uh, consistent uh, and dogged in, in what we do. And dogged. It, what is that word? Dogged, not not giving up. Oh, dogged, uh, dogged. Yeah. yeah, I like that. That's awesome. So I, so what you said about Bill Murray and how he blows his nose too, and like there, everyone has, there's so much relatability in all these people that you look so highly upon. You know the book of you know for kids, everybody has gas. No, mm-hmm. everybody, everybody has gas. Everybody farts. You know, I mean, come on, we're all we're all we're all human, and that's what you really get out of being around uh, uh, stars and celebrities and people that with, with success. It, it, you look at how successful you guys are from where you started. Think, we're, think we get to talk with you today. Oh, oh yeah, well. That's pretty awesome. It, it's, 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 it's been my privilege, to mm-hmm. tell you the truth. I, I get more out of it than you guys, so thank you. We really do appreciate your time. Well, and with, and with that being said, <coughs> we'll ask back pocket in a second, but I wanted to know if you had any questions for us. Um, who, who's going to be your next interview, wh- wh- and and where do you want to take this? Where, where where are you going with it? Yeah, we want to take this to the moon. Nice. And we love this. We love doing this every single day. Um, and the goal is to take this full time because this is not our full time job. This is stuff we do when we get home from work, and we're doing it from five till we go to bed um, every single day. And then on the weekends, twice as long. Um, but to do that, we need people to buy in to what we're doing. And we, but we're not going to change what we're doing to fit a mold of, of a brand. So to, you, to make money with podcasts, it's sponsorships. And you need someone to invest into us. Um, so we need to continue to speak our message to, being, to, to make this a re- relatable environment, to um, unpack people's passions. And, and I believe with doing that, someone will see this as like, wow, these guys are really doing something awesome and want to be a part of what we're doing nice yeah 
Like well, you said, so. I think you guys are going to be very successful. Thank, Thank you. you. Appreciate that. Um, and then going right off that, man, what is in your back pocket? So this, like I said before, is a quality or a thing that you have when times get tough, when anxiety turns into stress and pressure's rising. There's you're you failed, right? You've had some sort of tough moment. How do you combat that? What do you combat it with to come out on top? Exercise. Um, I'm, a, I'm a mountain biker. Uh, I'm a tennis player. I'm a weightlifter. Um, How much you benching nowadays? Well, I, at one point I benched 380. No but way. Yeah, that that was a while ago, and Holy. now now we don't uh, we don't bench for bulk. <laughs> now we, we 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 bench to get rid of weight. It's ma- maintenance stuff. Maintenance, maintenance, ma- yeah. maintenance. You know, it's more reps than weight. Absolutely. So, are you? What are you uh, consistently doing right now? Is in terms of exercise. A bike riding, a, bike lot, ride. nice. a lot of mountain biking. Yeah, around here or yeah, or there's there's more trails in Minnesota than any place in the country. Hmm. Yeah, especially mountain bike trails, and it's, awesome. it's pretty cool. Do you ever mess around on those uh, those pelotons? That new wave of like the indoor biking. I, I I heard of them, but no. Okay, not yeah. yet. You hmm. biked around like Lake of the Isles and uh, Lake Calhoun and all, all that. All of them. Yeah. So awesome. Yeah, it's it like we because we live right over there across the street from. Uh, Lake but I like to do single track, so I single I, track. Yeah, I'd like to do that off off roading too. I, cool. So I mountain mountain biked in uh, Vale because I'm from Colorado. Sure. And, uh, those mountain biking trails going down and up. It's unbelievable! Yeah. Oh my gosh, so scary! You're going so fast, I'm just riding the brakes the whole time. You bet. It's insane. It is. Insane. It's absolutely insane. It's Fun. it's challenging. Challenging. And to challenge us to take this podcast to the moon we love asking towards the end of the these conversations we love asking the question of who should we tap into inside um the the steve schussler market or someone that you think would be really cool for us to go out there and reach and try to get on our show so we would love you to challenge us in that manner okay um and that's is that an answer that you need today it is not but okay. if, if we love some someone right now just to just to document it you know uh, if you have anyone well, there's so many. I, I want to find the, the the best. Okay. The, and and I will get back to you on that as well as invite the three of you to come back and take a look at our laboratories. There, yeah. five of them, and this is only one, and they're all close, and they're all unique. Uh, they include, uh, you know, forty different cars, motorcycles. A collect, different collection of things that we use um, uh, to demonstrate our theatrical abilities in what we create. How, how big is this place? Well, we have <laughs> five different laboratories in five different areas in Holy Minnesota, smokes. right here in the, oh, oh, the okay. Twin Cities. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. That's insane. What's the what's the um, theme of this office? Uh, the, our office. Just mm. the office. The office, and the and, and, and then we have uh, different themes that you go through. What's behind door number one? What's behind door number two? Mm. Pretty incredible. There's six different themes here, and then we have many, many under development, and then many more at the different laboratories we'll take you to. That's beautiful. Well, we're going to definitely do that. Yeah, that's a, those are some scary doors, potentially, but I'll open doors. I've we'll, never we'll been afraid it. to open a door and be and be wowed, but also to be frightened. Yeah. So Just remember, passion plus ambition yields success. It pays, P-A-Y-S. It pays. Um, Let's do it. We'll get to the final question. Do we have any other questions? 
Yeah, so I have a question. You don't look a day over like 39. Uh-huh, uh-huh, you I young. <laughs> so young. So young. You're lab. the youngest guy. I want to know, and your compadre, Famous Dave, had an interesting answer on this, but your thoughts on retirement because Famous Dave... I don't think I'll ever retire. You don't think you'll ever retire? Famous Dave had the great answer of retirement is... An industrial An industrial way of thinking. term. Yeah. Yeah, I... I, That and the 40-hour work Most people I know that retired have died. They, They literally, they died from boredom. They played golf. Uh... It's just not, uh, I, I like working. I love giving back. I love creating. I love being able to share what we think with others. And for as long as we're accepted, we're going to give. How many hours do you work every week? Oh, wow. I don't go to bed usually till about 11 or 12 o'clock at night. And I'm up at 5, 4 o'clock, 4.30 every day. Mm. So I don't get an awful lot of sleep because I'm always thinking and, and you're working and, every and, other hour and, of the and, day and planning. Yeah, well, we're, we're, but we enjoy it. Sure. Yeah, we enjoy it. I love that, man. Enjoy the process and never yeah. stop giving. Yeah, never stop. Never. That's, that's awesome. Well, we'll wrap it up with this final question. It's a simple question. What did you learn today from the moment that you woke up to when we're having this conversation? Um, try not to be late. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. Well, I think this podcast was even better because we were able to push it back and continue the hype, to continue the, uh, the, the give back. And, I, and we do appreciate everything you've given well, us. Well, you're welcome back. And anything else I could do, please don't hesitate to ask. We'll, awesome. we'll be there for you. Sweet. Well, we will see you, guys you soon. You guys are going to do well. Thank, Thank you. Thank you, man. Thanks. Thank you, Steve. Thanks.